The Pinball Network is online. Launching off the record. Hey everybody, my name is Joel Engelberth and this is just another pinball podcast. I decided to give this a shot after listening to uh, Zach and, and Dennis's last podcast where they said they were hoping for a few more people to do podcasts on uh, the one-offs for Sundays, and I decided, uh, why not give this a shot? Um, I looked to see what all you needed to be qualified to do a pinball podcast, and after looking at the list, uh, it basically comes down to, one, have you played of or heard of a pinball machine, uh, which I have, and two, do you have the ability to record yourself talking, uh, which I do, so I felt like I fit um, the requirements to give this a shot, and I'm happy to do so. Um, this is my first time, uh, so I was trying to think of what would be a good topic to talk about, and I decided why not just start at the beginning, um, really where it's, how do you, how do you get into this hobby, or how do you prepare, or, or if you want to get into pinball, um, uh, what's the best way to go about doing that, and, and now that I've gone through that process, what, what have I learned from it, or what would I recommend to somebody who's saying, hey, I want to get my first machine, you see that all the time on Pinside, People are saying, I want to get I want to get a pinball machine for, for my family at home. Uh, what do you recommend? Do you recommend medi- um, do you recommend medieval madness or do you recommend uh, Star Wars? You know, it's it's they throw out a whole bunch of different options. And uh, yeah, I thought it was worth discussing that. Um, first off, it kind of depends on what what's the goal. Um, you know, do you want to just do you want to just have one? Is it really going to be just I want to get a pinball machine for my family? And uh, the reality is I think a lot of people start off with that mentality of, I, I just need one. I, I just need one pinball machine. And to be honest, that's exactly the way that I started this hobby thinking, uh, yeah, a pinball machine sounds like a lot of fun. Why would I not want one in my house? Um, at the time, I had dabbled in a lot of arcade-related uh, stuff. So I had a few different arcade cabinets that I had fixed up, worked on, sold, played the heck out of, and, and decided pinball was the next adventure to get into. And I had definitely convinced myself that uh, I just needed one. I just needed one machine. Um, pinball is not as easy to get into as, uh, of a hobby as it is most other video games or arcade games just due to the overall cost. Um, so I know I had convinced myself that I, I would have to save and I, I would have to prepare to get into this hobby. Um, and so in my mind, I had convinced myself I just need one machine. And I feel like I, I see a lot of that on, on Pinside where people are like, I want to get a machine for my family. They And it's always it's always for my family. And don't get me wrong. I always I am always thinking about my family and my friends um, when I when I go to get a pinball machine. And I'm, I'm hoping they like it because I, I would love their support. I would love for others to get excited about um, the, the machine that I have and want to play it. Um, so in my mind, when I was thinking about getting into this hobby, I was like, I just need one machine. Well, the first thing I thought of was, it was what theme? What theme sounds really good to me? Uh, of course, I'm a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan. I'm a Star Wars fan. I'm a Batman fan, uh, Simpsons fan, you know, a lot of the, the, the popular uh, themes out there. Uh, and those are all, you know, family-friendly themes. Uh, so I start reading up on those. And quickly realized that there are some that were within the price range that I could that I could work with, and some that were definitely not. Um, so that's kind of the the beginning. Is is how much money are you prepared to put into this hobby? Um, now, I starting in the arcade 
side of this, uh, I started by putting a little money in and I like working with my hands. I like tinkering. So I liked buying games that were broken and then looking at the internet to teach me how to fix it. And um, I I did very well with that, getting getting broken games for cheaper and then putting time and energy and a little bit more money into it and then getting a working game. So initially I had that mentality towards pinball where, well, what if I get a broken machine and I can fix it up and then and then now I have a working machine and I was able to get it way cheaper. Um, to be honest, I would not recommend doing that. I would not recommend doing that for your first machine. Um, pinball machines are incredibly complicated. Uh, now don't get me wrong. Now I love buying machines that are dead or broken and I love fixing them up. But if you don't have, if you don't have any skill to, to build that off of, or unless you have a friend that lives close by, that's willing to teach you those things, I would not recommend starting that way. Um, I actually had the ability, this was uh, a few years ago. I had an opportunity to buy a Simpsons pinball party that was completely torn apart. A guy had decided to do a playfield swap on it, had powder coated some of the stuff. And I think he just got burnt out on it. So he just wanted to get out of it what he had in it and uh he was selling it for like three thousand dollars which i thought was a steal you know this game's closer to a five thousand dollar game so i really thought about buying that and luckily i had a friend in the hobby who talked me out of it um just because that would have been my first game that would have been my first uh taste of what pinball was and to be honest pinball is not that fun when your machines aren't working or you can't play them um playing the machine is is an enjoyable part of it that's that's kind of what we all want to do um now once again don't get me wrong fixing them is quite enjoyable and i've really enjoyed tinkering with my machines and getting them to work but if you just have a box of lights that don't even light up or flippers that don't even flip it's a lot harder to convince yourself that that three thousand dollars or whatever you invested in was a solid investment so i would just not recommend that for your first game um so what would I recommend for your first game? Well, the what I would say is I think people put a lot of pressure on getting their first game and making sure that they're picking something that they're going to love forever. And the truth is, I just don't think that's possible. Um, now, there are people that get into this hobby that have a lot of money. And so, sure, they can buy a game um, and they can enjoy it. And if they really, really enjoy this hobby, they might continue to buy games and they might be able to afford a new game every few months and just keep adding them and adding them and adding them to their basement. And believe me, I would love to be that person, but I'm not. I, I cannot afford to be that person. And so, you know, when I know I had to scrounge and save to get a few thousand dollars to jump into this, I wanted to make sure what I was spending was I was spending my money on something that I wanted. Um, the truth is almost every pinball machine has value and it has resell value. And so you can buy a machine and play it for six months and treat it well. I mean, and clean it up and put new rubbers on it and make it work, you know, make it nice and enjoy the heck out of it. And the reality is there's a really good chance that you should be able to resell that machine for close to what you put into it. Uh, maybe you'd lose a little bit of money, but just don't feel handcuffed into thinking, I have to pick the perfect game. So if you're between two, just pick one of them, you know? And the reality is you may love it for a year, you may love it and never sell it, or you may love it for a month or two, get what you want out of it, you know, play the heck out of it, and then sell it and buy the other one. Um, so just do not feel pressure uh, with buying your first game. Um, I know I, I was looking for months trying to figure out what I could do. And, and in my head, I was just thinking, you know, Simpsons sounds like the best game. Everybody loves Simpsons. There's a crazy amount of depth. If I'm only going to have one, why not get a game that, that, that I'm never going to beat, that's going to have stuff that I'm never going to see? You know, that, that makes sense. 
but I couldn't afford it. And uh, I finally realized that, that I, I can't afford a Simpsons, so what can I afford? And I started looking at Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace, and actually the first game I bought was Avatar, Stern's Avatar, and that's because it popped up on a, on a Let Go app, and uh, it was $3,000. So in my mind, I looked at that as, this is a $3,000 machine, but Pinside has this saying it's a $4,500 machine. So this is a steal, why would I not go for it? Um, and it was a great machine to start on. Um, the Stern machines, there's a simplicity to them from a mechanical and electrical standpoint, at least in the later games, or the newer games, um, that are really good for beginner people. Uh, don't get me wrong, like JJP, a JJP game is incredible. I've actually owned Hobbit for, for about a year and I loved it, but for a beginner, the moment that they would lift that play field up and look at everything going on, uh, going on underneath, that is rather intimidating. Um, and Stern games are a little easier to, to swallow in that sense, and that's not a knock on them at all. I just think they've they've simplified some of the mechanical and the electrical stuff under there. Um, and there's pros and cons to that, but um, I would just say for a new person, the the Sterns that I have owned have been easier to maintain than some of the older machines that I've owned and some of the other manufacturers out there. Um, so I'm not I'm not trying to say the only if you're brand new to this hobby, the only thing you should buy is a Stern. I'm just saying if you are a person that is slightly intimidated with getting your hands dirty from tinkering, um, that's not a bad way to go. Um, otherwise, hopefully you have friends or you can make friends in the area that are happy to help you fix your machines. Because I think I heard on like Buff uh, uh, Buffalo Pinball, one of them, I think it was Nick or Kevin, made the comment of you're either going to be the guy that, that learns to fix your games or learns to pay somebody to fix your game. It's, it's one or the other. Your games are going to break, whether they're brand new or 30 years old, something will break in a game. And that's that's pinball. That's what makes it uh, unique and random. Um, and so embrace that. Embrace that um, that aspect that, you know what, I'm, I want to learn how this works. Um, or just be prepared. Hopefully you make you make friends or you have a distributor or you have somebody nearby that, that's willing to work on your machines. So if something does go wrong, you have somebody to help you through that. So depending on where you are in the world, hopefully uh, that's a little more accessible uh, to you or, or people are accessible to you to help you with those things. Um, so yeah, my first game was actually Avatar, Stern's Avatar, and uh, it was a great first game. I, I, I got it from um, some people, then there's an interesting story behind it, but they, they had not done anything to that game. They bought, they had it new in box, they got it from an insurance claim, and they didn't even know how to take off the glass. So when I got it, it was a great in introduction into cleaning, replacing all the rubbers, replacing some bulbs, uh, fixing, like I had to replace the magnetic core, uh, doing a flipper fix, like a flipper rebuild kit. Just a lot of things that were easily digestible, no crazy electrical board work or anything like that, but it was just a great intro game to understanding, okay, there's a lot going on here, but each individual component is easily digestible. Uh, so it was a fantastic game. and and and. After I kind of got sick of the game, what I realized is in pinball, there's a huge trading side where a lot of people are very open to trading machines. So get to know the people in your area that are into pinball because there's a good chance that you can be able to trade your machine for another game or trade plus cash to somebody else a lot easier than just selling. Um, and that's exactly what I did. I actually had an opportunity to trade that machine with cash for a Simpsons. So here I was, uh, this was roughly, I don't know, six months after I started, I actually came across an opportunity to, to get a Simpsons pinball party. And that was 
something that I thought I had done it. I thought I had achieved everything that I wanted in pinball. And once again, I, I at that point actually got a Simpsons where a few things were broken on it and there were some things wrong with it. And that's why it was a, it was cheaper to get. And, uh, and being that I had kind of learned some of those basic things on, on Stern's avatar, I felt comfortable buying a broken game. And, uh, that was awesome. Uh, I really enjoyed having that Simpsons, and I and I had it for a, a good long while before I got sick of it, just because it was it was my only game. And when you have one game, you you play the heck out of it, um, and you can get bored of that. So in a perfect world, I would I would have never sold any of my games, but um, that was just in my mind. I think there's so many people that post stuff on Pinside, and they think this is the machine I got. That this is the machine I need to get, and I'm going to be happy, and this is going to be perfect. My family's going to love it. And then you get it and you have it for a while and you realize, all right, that was a great machine, but am I going to put more money into this hobby to get a second machine or am I going to potentially try to sell or trade this machine to try to get some of my money back so I can move on to the next game? Uh, the next game I actually had after Simpsons was a Guardian of the Galaxy. I, I sold my Simpsons and the very next day with the cash that I got from Simpsons, I was able to buy a used Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, fantastic game. Uh, I looked at that as I wanted a game um, that had a video screen. I thought that would be interesting. I wanted a modern, I wanted a brand new machine just to see what that would be like and I had a great time with that. Um, and what I also found was my friends and family, my non-pinball friends and family really enjoyed that machine. And that really opened my eyes to, well, what is it about certain machines that non-pinball players enjoy? Um, and what I've come to find out is what it, what it really comes down to is easily easy to explain objectives. Um, I have owned multiple machines now, and I love deep games, and I love games that have complicated code because I'm a person that likes to to figure that out and find all the all the odds and ends about it. Simpsons was perfect with that. There's so much to do in Simpsons. But the reality was, if I put up, if I stood one of my friends in front of it and they see this box of, of blinky lights with two flippers, they look at me and go, okay, now what? What do I do? And what I found in Simpsons was I'd say, all right, try to get on the couch. And to get on that couch, that means you need to hit the garage. You're going to see the ball's going to pop up on there. You're going to want to hit it behind the TV. And once it comes out of the TV, you're going to want to hit up on the couch. So I basically explained to them three things they needed to do garage, TV, couch. And that was it. That was all I had to explain for my friends and family to have a good time on that machine. Now, don't get me wrong. They are missing out on so much of that machine. There's so many other things that you can do in Simpsons Pinball Party besides locking a ball on the couch. But to them, that was fun. That was an enjoyable thing. It was a toy. It was a visual objective, something that they can try to accomplish. And they really enjoyed that. Um, so that really kind of opened my eyes that if I want to get a game for my family... Well, is my family going to dive in as deep as I am into pinball? I don't know. Um, but if they're not, let's get a game that has easy-to-understand objectives. And that's when I started to realize why games like Medieval Madness or Attack from Mars or Monster Bash are considered so highly well-reviewed in Pinside. Initially, I was like, why would I want... I don't know what Medieval Madness is. I'm not super into knights and castles, so why would I want Medieval Madness? Well, after playing it and having my friends and family play that game, not I've never owned it, but we we have one at a local bar. Shout out to Tappers in Indianapolis. It's a fantastic bar. Um, when I had friends and family that stepped up to that game, 
All they saw was a castle that they knew they could hit with a pinball. And that's all they tried to do. They hit it. Oh, wow, the drawbridge came down. Oh, look, I can bust open the gate. And oh, wow, I just blew up that castle. That was all they needed, a simple objective and something to work towards. Because the reality is they're not, they may not spend the hours and hours and hours in front of that pinball machine that you will, but they can still have a good time for 15 or 20 minutes, whatever they're going to invest their time into or, or spend at that machine. So Attack from Mars, you, you have the ship right up the middle to destroy. Um, in Monster Bash, you can point them towards Frankenstein and say, bash this a few times and he's going to come down or hit the Dracula targets and he's going to come out. You know, very simple visual objectives. And that brings me back to Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, people really enjoyed that machine. And one of the reasons people liked it was Groot. Groot is right up the middle. You bash him three times. He swallows the ball. And then you hit him another time. And he spits out all the balls. And all of a sudden, you have multi-ball. And things are going nuts. Um, I also realized with some of my nieces and nephews, the fact that you can pick your character at the beginning. You know, when my niece played, of course, they're going to flip through. And they want to pick a girl. Not understanding that's that's starting a particular mode. They just look at it as, oh, wow, I'm this girl. I'm her. I'm playing as her. And they really liked it. And so that's something that I would say you could take into consideration of if you're going to buy a game for your family or for your friends if you if you're considering others you know think about that are, are there games out there that have some easily to understand or easily digestible objectives for the non-pinball people but also have depth that can keep you a more serious pinball player somebody who wants to take this more serious coming you know do, is there something there to keep you coming back um so I had mentioned earlier that I had actually owned a Jersey Jack machine. I actually owned a Hobbit, and I loved it. That was Hobbit was probably the machine that I've owned that I may have enjoyed the most. Um, but what I found was that game was so intimidating for my friends and family to play. There's so much going on in that game. There's so many lights. There's so many things that no matter how hard I tried to explain what to do, the layman, the people that weren't fully invested in a pinball like myself they just couldn't wrap their head around it it was just too too much um and in my mind it's not that it's not that hard oh, oh let's let's start small multi-ball hit the right ramp hit, you know it's 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 simple like hit the rollovers till it spills lock and then hit the ramp but because there's so many other lights, because the ramp would change between a mode or that or lock a ball or be, be, because the guys are popping up out of the ground, I just realized people found that very intimidating um, to play. And so uh, I played the heck out of that game. I owned that game close to a year. Uh, I saw almost everything in that game that I felt that I could accomplish. But I just realized that was the one game that I had that probably was played the least out of my friends and family just because they were, they were intimidated by it. Um, which leads me to my current favorite game, which is TNA, Total Nuclear Annihilation. Um, there is... People have mixed reviews on this. Some people just don't understand it because some, for some people, they love toys. Um, I had a shadow at one point. The shadow had some incredible toys. There were some incredible things to do in that game uh, between the diverters and the upper play field. And when I had friends and family played, all they wanted to do was get up to the upper play field. They're, how do I do that? How do I get up there? And the fact that it would count down how many more targets to hit, they, that almost became like a mini competition to them. Of Well, I got up there and I got all the way down to five. Well, I got up there and I actually completed it. They also love the fact that the shooter, there's no plunger, it's a gun that you pull the trigger. They, they thought that was great. So that was neat that there were toys there that they found entertaining, but 
that was it. Once they had kind of accomplished those things, there wasn't anything there to kind of draw them back in. Um, or, or and, and on top of that, Shadow was a hard game. So to try to play with them, um, a lot of times their ball time was, was rather short. So don't get me wrong. I, I For some people, get a toy-based game like a Lord of the Rings or a Toten or something like that where it's just a lot of visual toys going on on the field. That may be really attractive to friends and family. Uh, Monster Bash would be another perfect example of that. But what I really like about TNA is co-op mode. Co-op mode, in my opinion, is the best thing in pinball currently for introducing new people into pinball. Um, The fact that I can start up a game and instead of playing against them, I am playing with them is huge. Um, I look at it as like riding a bike. If, if I'm trying to get somebody to go on a bike ride with me, but I can cruise at 35 miles an hour down, I don't know, I just made up that number. But if I'm flying down the road and they're just barely coasting behind me, they're not going to want to go on a bike ride with me. They're not going to enjoy that. And that's what I found with pinball. Like Hobbit, I could I could play a game and have one ball last 15 minutes and then their ball last a minute. They don't want to stand there and watch me play for another 15 minutes. But TNA, the fact that you are working together when you play co-op mode, not on top of that, I, I said easily, easy to explain objectives. Uh, TNA does an, a fantastic job with the light show to show you what you need to do next. And it's super easy to explain that. Hit the yellow targets in the front, then you hit the scoop, then you go up into the reactor, you bounce around there a bit, and then you're going to hit the shot that blinks at you to blow up the reactor. If you want to lock a ball, you're going to hit this this shot or these drop targets over here. That's it. You can explain it to a person incredibly quick, incredibly easily, Um but the fact that you can do it with people is a is a game changer. I, I love that feature. Uh, we went to another pinball bar here when a buddy of mine was from out of town, Sinking Ship, another great pinball location here in Indianapolis. And they had an amazing lineup at the time um, with all, you know, a bunch of modern Stern, a bunch of other games. And I had a buddy who wasn't super into pinball, but found it entertaining. He came with me and we played every single game there. And the game that after we had played every single one, um, and there was like Batman 66 was there, which is an awesome game, beautiful game with some awesome toys. There was a Deadpool there. Once again, very cool game. There was Iron Maiden at the time, you know, Pinball Machine of the Year. We played all of them. The game that he wanted to play and keep going back to, and this was not prompted, it made me, it made me feel really good, was he kept saying, let's play that again. And he wanted to play TNA again because we could play it together. And I would love more machines to have that. But just that fact that we could play that game together is is huge in my book. Um, so that currently is my favorite game and, and it's led me, here I am a few years into this hobby, what I have enjoyed the most about this hobby is fixing games, but that's personal to me. I, I know there's a post on Pinside that some people love that. Do you enjoy fixing games more than playing games? I don't know. I, I would say personally I'm 50-50, but I, I enjoy that. There is a definitely a sense of accomplishment when you get a broken game and you can get it working. That's awesome. But that's not for everybody. Fixing games is great. Uh, the second thing I love about this hobby are the people in this hobby. Everybody that I've met in in uh, anybody that I've dealt with when it comes to pinball, everybody's passionate about it. Everybody loves this hobby and everybody wants to share this hobby with other people. They want to share their knowledge. They want to share their games. They want to share their experiences. Uh, it's incredible. Every every person I've worked with to buy a machine or sell a machine or trade a machine or, or ask for help, everybody's been so nice. And I, and I absolutely love that about this hobby. Um, I've drugged my dad 
out multiple times to help me go pick up machines. And he's not into pinball at all, but he really has found it entertaining just based on the people that we've interacted with and just seeing everybody's from different walks of life, but you have this common ground of something you all enjoy, which is pinball. And he started to get into it more, which is great. Um, so I like working with machines. I love the people in this in this in this hobby, but I really have personally loved playing pinball with other people. Uh, I am a social person, but the I get a lot more fun out of playing a game with somebody, like a multiplayer game, whether it's whether it's a video game or whatnot. It's just I want to. I would rather play with other people than play by myself. And and that's fine if you're a, if you're a person that prefers to do stuff by yourself. Pinball is a great hobby, but pinball is also an an awesome hobby to do with other people. And I understand a big part of that is trying to find or encourage your friends and family to enjoy it or get to do it as much as you want to do it. And uh, that's why I think you know buying games or finding games early on that other people gravitate to. Um, I think is kind of important when you start this hobby. Um, now I've had games that I bought completely for myself thinking I don't really think my friends and family are going to enjoy this but I know I will enjoy this so I want to play this and and I have I have enjoyed those games and once I kind of do everything I want in, in them I I move them on I sell them trade them it's a great part of this hobby you can basically get your money back out of it you're not losing money um, but I've definitely also bought games that I knew other people would enjoy. Um, so right now, my current lineup, I have TNA, which is an awesome game individually. It's it's the game I keep coming back to because of the challenge, but um, it has co-op mode, so I love playing that with friends and family. I have an NBA Fast Break. There's some depth there that I really enjoy, but the scoring is so easy to understand that anybody that's... that's um, just wants to step up to the game and play it it's very easy to say every time you hit the goal you're going to get points and the points at the end of the day are going to be whatever i got 96 and you got 45 that's a lot easier to understand than 1,548,000 compared to something else so i really have enjoyed nba fast break and then the last one i have is taxi taxi is another super simple game to explain to people you're trying to pick up passengers and then another thing that's really great about taxi is ball locks are stealable so the fact that i could lock a ball drain and then have a non-pinball player take my multi-ball and they can enjoy that experience and feel like they they took it from me is i i found people really enjoy that a lot so I don't know, this may be just have been some rambling or me rambling for a good bit. I, I wanted to try to keep this under a half an hour, but when I look back at the few years that I've been in this hobby, um, I would just, I look back to the very beginning and think that I had put a lot of pressure on myself that, uh, that the machine that I bought, the first machine I bought was going to be something that I would be that I would have the rest of my life and I'd be committed to it and you know don't mess this this up this is a multi-thousand dollar decision uh you know and I don't want to make I don't want to get stuck with something I don't want I would just tell you relax that's not a problem at all that's not a big issue in this hobby the resale value on these machines is fantastic so just give it a shot give a game a shot uh, and you may learn that your friends and family love pinball and that may give you more encouragement to maybe invest more money and get multiple games or you may realize you know what they don't care about it as much as you'd hope they would and if that's the case then you don't have to pick a theme that they necessarily want you know don't don't buy um you know if your wife loves bugs bunny don't go out and buy the bugs bunny game because that game that game's terrible you know just at that point if you realize hey i bought this game for her i bought a waz because she's a huge wizard of oz fan well she doesn't ever play it then 
maybe you don't need the wasp. Maybe you can go and get something that you would enjoy more or um, get something that's more challenging. Get something like an Iron Maiden that has a fantastic layout that's a, that's a better game for players with, you know, amazing code. Um, so, I don't know, just some thoughts I had. Uh, hopefully that was somewhat useful to somebody. Um, I'm surprised at how easy it is to just sit here and, and talk to a microphone uh, so I hope sitting there for you and listening to it is, is, is as enjoyable as it was for me to, to do this um, and I'd be happy to do more podcasts if there's anything that I can share I do feel like I have somewhat of an interesting perspective in this hobby I feel like you see there's a lot of very wealthy people with amazing collections and you can see that on pin sides that that people have you know complete additions to their house or fully finished basements with 15 games and don't don't get me wrong i salivate over those pictures i'm jealous of them they look incredible but believe it or not you can still really enjoy this hobby by investing a little bit of money and just playing the game of you know get a game enjoy the game sell the game get another game or kind of work your way up buy broken games and slowly build your collection. You can have a great time in this hobby with a two, three, four pin collection. Uh, you don't have to have 15 games. Um, and don't kid yourself thinking you only need one because I don't I don't know anybody that's really into this hobby that's that just has one. They bought one and they're done because it is quite addictive and uh, there's so much good pinball out there to play. Um, so yeah, thanks, uh, thanks to Zach. And Dennis and the Pinball Network and everybody for for doing these types of podcasts. And hopefully this was enjoyable uh, for others. And I'd be happy to to make another if if uh, if this one goes well. Uh, on Pinside, my name is Joel Bob. Uh, my name on Facebook is Joel Engelberth. So if there's any questions that you have, I'm happy to answer them. Uh, and yeah, thanks again for letting me do this. See you guys.